welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me today. Right now, I'm finishing up some research for an episode that I plan to do here in the next uh, month or two about how the stock market performs under presidential election cycles. And this is just historically, it should be kind of fun if nothing else, because this year is a presidential election year in 2024. And typically, there's more volatility in presidential election years, a lot of uncertainty. And this year will likely be no exception. I'm doing that research and doing that planning just because I've been getting a lot of questions. Because I think it's fair to say there's a lot of people that are concerned about the market, the economy, and certainly this being an election year, that's on the top of their mind. Aside from that, the Fed late last year announced that they plan to reduce interest rates a couple times this year in 2024. So we are doing some research to see how not only stock markets, but also fixed income bond markets react in a declining interest rate environment, kind of looking back historically. So that's going to be fun. Probably going to do another episode on that. I've had a few podcast listeners reach out with questions regarding their own retirement and the planning that they're doing. So feel free, continue to do that. Website is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. It's kind of long, but it's kind of fun. So retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's where you can find us. And you can listen to all previous episodes, check out our resources tab for free downloads, and even set up a retirement planning coaching session right there on the website. So check it out. And later this spring, we'll announce something for those people that are kind of looking at their own retirement, wondering where they fall and how they can do better. Well, we're coming out with a retirement made easy process, which will be coming out in the spring. We're setting up a whole new website for that. So that should be a lot of fun. Again, we're putting the final touches on that, and I'm really excited about that whole process. So more to come on that. Of course, you'll hear it right here on the podcast as we get ready to launch that. This episode, I wanted to kind of go over a couple articles that some clients had emailed me, and then I kind of did some Googling on my own to see what was out there on the World Wide Web as far as mistakes that people make in retirement. Retirement planning mistakes, you know, and you'll see these articles that say something like top 10 retirement planning mistakes. And it'll say, number one, not saving enough for retirement. Boy, that took a lot of thought. Number two, typically on these lists, we'll say social security, claiming social security right away. That's the number two mistake you typically see on these lists. And that's no surprise because a lot of times these lists are going to be very, very vague. I don't know who's writing them at some of these big firms and even banks. What's really funny is some of these top 10 retirement planning mistakes articles may be written by a bank. Well, a bank like Wells Fargo is not going to tell you to one of the mistakes is carrying debt in retirement. They're never going to say that because they're a bank. They offer loans. They want to sell you more loans. 
So you kind of have to consider the source. But there was one article that I was able to find. It was like the top 16 retirement mistakes. And it was fairly dated. It was written in 2018 from Kiplingers or Kiplingers, however you say that. It did have a nice title that's called 16 Retirement Mistakes You Will Regret Forever. I thought that was a very good title. So that will be in the show notes for you to enjoy. Again, I went through probably, I don't know, 30 to 40 different articles about retirement mistakes that are out there. I was not so impressed, let's just say. And it made me think that probably it was highly likely that the people writing these articles are not retirement planners that are meeting with people on a regular basis advising them on retirement planning. It would be like me trying to write an article on golf, but I've never played golf competitively. I'm terrible at golf, but hey, I've read a couple books on golf, so therefore I can write an article. So with that being said, for the benefit of our listeners, I wanted to come up with real retirement planning mistakes that I see at our firm, St. Louis Retirement Advisors. We work with clients over 100 families in 20 different states. The majority of them are in Missouri and Illinois, but 90% of our clients are 55 and older in that season of life where they're trying to plan for that successful dream retirement. So while we have not seen it all, we have certainly seen a lot. We've heard from a lot of people. We've seen where people fall short with retirement planning, and then they call us. And those, in my eyes, are almost more challenging than anything because you're trying to kind of fill in the gaps and keep the ship afloat, so to speak, because the financial house was built with leaves and sticks to begin with, or there was no retirement plan or strategy at all. Retirement was just kind of decided on a whim. And that's where mistakes can kind of happen when you don't plan ahead. So here are my top 10 retirement planning mistakes that I have seen as a retirement planner. And some of these are going to be more common than others. Some of them I may seldom see, but that doesn't mean that they're not important to bring up. So here we go. Planning mistake number one is not accounting for the possibility that you may end up retiring earlier than you had planned or originally anticipated. And I see this quite frequently, not all the time, but certainly here and there. So there was a JP Morgan study, and this is from their guide to retirement that they put out every year. But what this looked at, it looked at all these different workers and retirees, and what it showed was 69% of people planned on retiring at 65 or later, but only 34% of people actually retired at 65 or later. The average age to retire was 62. So why are these people retiring earlier than they had planned on? Well, a lot of the reasons, and this study kind of shows us that it was either uh, health problems or disability, a company downsizing or going through layoffs. And of course, they're going to be laying off their older workers who are very, very well paid. And here's one, just like my mother uh, retired earlier than she had planned on to care for mom and dad or caring for a spouse. In my mother's case, she retired early to care for my grandparents. So why this is a mistake that I see is we have to kind of plan for the unknown. We don't know what the future is going to hold. Things don't always go as planned. I cannot tell you how many people that I've met that are 62 and planned on retiring at 65, and then their company went through downsizing and they got laid off, and they had to adjust their retirement plan. 
So why is that important and why is it a mistake? Well, we need to account for that because what if we don't make it to our planned retirement age? What are we going to do? as far as health insurance, as far as getting our house paid off, and all the other goals that we have. Now, of course, some things are completely out of our control, but I think it is wise to run scenarios of, okay, if our goal is 65, what does it look like if we were to get laid off at 62 or 63, or due to health reasons, we had to retire? At my company, at my firm, what we do is retirement scenario planning, so we're not surprised. We kind of know what it looks like, what 63 retirement date would look like versus a 65. So the statistics, again, show us that more times than not, people plan on maybe retiring at 65 or later, but the majority of the people don't end up making it that far. Mistake number two that I see is that people don't, they don't even account for health insurance and healthcare expenses in retirement. They underestimate, they largely underestimate the cost of healthcare and what it's going to be over those last three decades of your life. And if you look at studies on inflation and how much costs go up in regards to healthcare, it's greater than other goods and other ways that we spend our money on. Inflation on healthcare is going to be greater than your grocery bill over a 30-year period. If you look back 30, 40 years and how much inflation has impacted healthcare costs, it's over 5% per year. And statistically, as we get older, the older we get, the greater the percentage of our annual budget that is spent on healthcare costs. And that goes into retirement. Mistake I see number three is not understanding the rising cost of living over time, inflation. And if you think things are expensive now, they're not going to get any cheaper. Every year, everything you buy will cost more. That's just the way it goes. I don't personally like it. You probably don't like it either. So if we're looking at our retirement spending budget, we've got to say, okay, this is what we can live on comfortably today. And next year, it's going to be, let's say, 3% higher. And then the next year, 3% higher. How is our strategy, our retirement income strategy, going to be able to meet and exceed those demands of inflation. That's one of the most crucial elements that you can learn from this podcast. And I know there might be some people that are optimistic on Social Security and that cost of living adjustment being there forever. I'm just not one of those people. So I think it's prudent and wise to come up with your own strategy, your own plan, so that you're not ever forced to kind of cut back on your lifestyle down the road. And I think seeing that, like in the retirement plans that we do for clients, and if you don't have a retirement plan, contact your retirement planner and say, hey, now's the time. Let's not let another day go by. Let's put pen to paper and get serious about this retirement planning. Retirement mistake number four that I see is ignoring taxes and just not having tax planning as an element of your overall plan. And the easiest way I can kind of describe this is, okay, when you're working, let's say you're W-2 and all your money that you make is taxed as ordinary income, your taxes are going to be more cut and dry. But in retirement, there's flexibility. It gives you the ability to come up with a tax-efficient retirement income strategy. What I mean by that, let's say you have a Roth IRA that you can draw from tax-free. You've got a brokerage non-retirement account that's going to be taxed sometimes. And then you've got Social Security, which not all of it is taxed. There's a portion that's going to be tax-free. How big that portion is, is dependent on all your other income. 
And then we've got, let's say, a pre-tax, a 401k bucket that's going to be taxed always. So by taking a little bit from each bucket, we typically have some control over the taxes that we pay in retirement. But it certainly takes some planning ahead. So please don't disregard tax planning in retirement. That is going to be my number four mistake that I see. My number five planning mistake, retirement planning mistake that I see is in regards to Social Security. And I'm not going to tell you the mistake is, oh, you took it too soon, like a lot of these articles are doing. And if you want to read that, that's what they'll all say. Oh, you took it too soon. You should have waited. I don't believe that. I think some people should take it sooner than others. I'm not one of those advisors that's going to tell you, oh, everybody needs to wait on Social Security. So I don't think blanket advice like that is helpful to anybody. But I would just say the mistake is not understanding the ins and outs of Social Security because it is complex and Medicare is complex. The way they are designed is not simple. They don't make it easy to understand. It honestly took me years and years to fully understand Social Security and Medicare. And I'm not kidding. Years and years to kind of understand all the nuances and what applies to one person but doesn't apply to another person. Understanding or the lack of understanding of Social Security is going to be my next mistake. As a retirement planner, I consider myself more of a teacher than anything. And in advising clients, I'm really teaching them basic fundamentals. And a lot of it is in regards to Social Security, maybe pension planning, investments, long-term care, whatever the topic is. And then once they have a basic understanding of the fundamentals, then we can make prudent decisions together. I think I'm on mistake number six. Mistake number six is simply failing to address long-term care expenses in the future. So there's three ways you can address long-term care expenses. Number one is you can avoid it. Just avoid the decision altogether. Just kick that can down the road. This is what the majority of people do. They just say, okay, I'll worry about it later on when I'm older, whenever that time comes. I would not recommend that. I think you need to have some type of strategy and at least talk about it and kind of come up with, okay, what are the expenses going to be given inflation? If I'm 60 today, I might need care at 85 or 90. What are those costs expected to be? And how am I going to come up with the money to pay for that? So how you address long-term care is option two or option three. Option two is you transfer the risk to somebody else, and that might be an insurance company. And through some type of long-term care policy or hybrid long-term care policy, you might be able to transfer some of that risk or part of that risk in the future to an insurance company. And then option number three is simply saying, okay, I'm going to self-fund this potential future expense. And so I'm going to kind of save up. I'm going to have investments that are earmarked for those future expenses so I'm not a burden on my children. And if I don't end up needing as much care as I had planned for, well, I've just got money to be left over for my kids or family or causes that you're passionate about. My number seven retirement planning mistake, and this is something that most planners haven't even figured out is those big ticket items in retirement that you might have. So typically when it comes to retirement planning, people don't factor in, okay, what we're going to be retired for 30 years here. Let's just say, let's assume 62 to 92. What about those big ticket items that you might have? It might be goals of sending your grandkids to college. 
or helping pay for a wedding of a granddaughter or something like that. Or maybe you like to travel, those big bucket list goals that you might have. Even upgrading vehicles in retirement. My goodness, I had a client the other day say that he paid more for his last vehicle than he did for his first house. Wow. If that's not an example of inflation and the rising cost of living, I don't know what is. And new vehicles are not getting any cheaper. I am blown away when I see what people are spending on a new vehicle. And I'm obviously a Dave Ramsey fan. I'm always going to buy a new used vehicle. (laughs) Cars do not do much for me. I'm not a materialistic person. And I'd be just as happy in a car that was six years old with 60,000 miles as I would with a brand new 2024 edition with two miles on it. But for those people that do like to buy a new vehicle every five years, okay, in 30 years, if you're buying a Chevy Tahoe now, what is the price of a new Chevy Tahoe in 30 years going to be? And so what I'm trying to say is, okay, these big ticket item expenses in retirement, where's the money going to come from? Where is the money going to come from? And I have witnessed people over the years, some clients, some not, that went and bought this big boat that was not planned ahead for, or went and bought this $90,000 vehicle that was not planned for, that's a surefire way to blow up your retirement plan, believe me. So the answer to that is to those big ticket items is you need to plan ahead. And I know some of those things, it's kind of hard to plan that far in advance, but we can certainly say, okay, we like to upgrade our car or vehicles every five or 10 years or we like going on trips, or we do want to help out with the grandkids' college education. And speaking of college education, or maybe it's just private high school education, there's a guy I know that's 66. When he went to high school here in St. Louis, it was $800 a year. That was his entire tuition. That same school is $16,000 a year today. That's just an example of private high school here in St. Louis. But it's the same thing. If you look at the price of college education and how much it goes up year in and year out, we really have to consider, okay, if helping with grandkids college education is one of our goals, what is the cost going to be and where does the money come from? And again, it doesn't have to be for education expenses. Those are just, I'm just trying to think of big ticket items, whether it's weddings or vacations or It could be as simple as just looking at vehicle purchases in the future and how much those are going to cost. But I've gotten several calls over the years where somebody had cashed out a big portion of their 401k to either send their kids to college or to pay off their kids' student loans. And then they called me after the fact, and that decision, that one decision, really derailed their retirement plan altogether. Number eight, retirement planning mistake number eight is not understanding how your money will help you accomplish your goals in retirement. So what I mean by this is there was a study by Fidelity, and that's one of the largest providers of 401ks, and they stated that the retirement date funds, which if you've listened to this podcast, I'm not a huge fan of, but for those retirement date funds that they offer in 401ks that are based on your age, 50% of people that were invested in the 401k put their money into those retirement date funds. The other 50% actually built a customized portfolio with different investment options. And I would argue that if we took a sample of 100 people and we asked these people to 
describe how their money was invested in that retirement date fund and how they would benefit in retirement from the money being invested in that retirement date fund. I would argue that less than 10% of people would be able to articulately describe how the money was invested to begin with. I would probably say 1% to 2% of people would actually know. And I think it's a big mistake when you don't know how your money's invested and how it's working for you to either protect the money you have, to provide income to live on in retirement through dividends or interest or other forms of income. And I just think that's a big, big mistake. You need to really get a good handle on how the money is working for you here. This is your life savings. And I just base this off of personal experience for the people that went into retirement ill-prepared. One of the factors was they didn't understand how their money was invested and working for them. They just had no clue. And all it took was just one bad market or one hiccup, and it threw them off the track. And then maybe now they're looking for a part-time job or other means of income in retirement. Mistake number nine, we're getting close here, just got two more. Mistake number nine is not having your goals written out and really being on the same page with your spouse. And I'll just give you one example. Let's imagine that there's a couple, husband and wife. One of the wife's goals is to leave a big legacy to her children, her two children, And she would rather sacrifice her lifestyle in retirement. And if that means not traveling and not enjoying their money and their life's hard work, accumulating this retirement nest egg, she would rather do that so her children, her two children, could have a larger legacy and inheritance one day. Then imagine her husband, on the other hand, says, no, I worked hard for this money, sent the kids to college, they've got a good life, they're making good money, they're doing well. I'd rather enjoy this nest egg and everything that we've worked so hard for. And then if there happens to be money left over, great. If not, I'm okay with that. So this couple, this example, this is a hypothetical example, but this couple is not on the same page. And that's going to lead to issues in retirement. And again, it's not just legacy planning that a couple may disagree or they may be coming from different sides. There's all kinds of different aspects of goal planning when it comes to retirement. And it's hard to have a successful outcome when both partners are not on the same page. It's kind of like if you were in business with somebody and you were saying, with our business, I want to get the debt paid off. And your business partner, the co-owner, was saying, no, I want to add more debt and more debt after that. It's just going to be hard when you're both going different directions. The last mistake that I'm going to say, and you won't hear this anywhere probably but here. I read all those articles and nobody talked about this. I've had to learn this over the years through working with retirees. But when I look at my clients that are still preparing for retirement and they're doing a great job of saving and maybe they're saving in their 401k every single paycheck and they're buying shares, maybe it's shares of a mutual fund inside of their 401k or maybe a Roth IRA or wherever it is, And they're buying shares when the market's down. They're buying shares when the market bounces up. And really, when they're buying shares when the market's down, they're figuring, gosh, I'm buying shares that are undervalued when they're on sale. And so when the market does spring up, I just bought it somewhat of a discount, if you will, and I'm getting a reward, a return, when it gets back to its fair value. And that all works really, really well. But then you get into the distribution phase. So for those people that are spending their retirement accounts, 
what ends up happening is they're not adding any more money because they don't have that paycheck anymore, but they're subtracting from their accounts, meaning they're taking withdrawals, they're spending their dividends, that kind of thing. And if they're selling shares when they're greatly undervalued whenever the market goes down, it has the opposite effect. It hurts them more than it helps them. And if you're living on your nest egg, if you're taking withdrawals and living on the income from your portfolio in retirement, I would argue that you probably need a different portfolio than when you were working and you were saving and you were more focused on growth, simply because the goals, your goals have now changed from, okay, I want income in retirement. This is going to supplement my lifestyle versus while you were working, it was a different mindset. And if you don't need income in retirement, if you're not drawing income from your nest egg in retirement, that's a whole nother ball game. But I will say a lot of people conceptually want to take less risk once they're retired because they're no longer saving money into their nest egg, either in a 401k or other retirement account. So mistake number 10, again, is not really realizing and having a full picture of those withdrawals when the markets are down, they call that sequence of return risk and what that's going to do to the longevity and how long your money lasts in retirement. And at my firm, what we have done is we've developed a strategy for those retirees that are expecting income from their retirement accounts, but don't want to get wiped out by that next market crash. And the market dives 40%. And meanwhile, they're taking 4 to 5% withdrawals and selling shares that are 40% undervalued. That can turn into a nightmare really, really quick. So you want to have some kind of strategy to help insulate you from those bad years in the market. I hope this episode has been helpful. I know this was kind of long this time, but those are my top 10 retirement planning mistakes. I know they're a lot more specific than any of the ones that you'll Google, but hopefully they're helpful to you. We'll see you next time, and remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.